And so we believe that. Kurt and I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, it is. It defines our life. And and so every day we need this reminder. We need to be back in His Word and to hear from Him because the world speaks very loud. Our flesh can sometimes speak very loud, and so we need the voice of God through His Word, like today, to speak to us and remind us. And today it tells us He is the triumphal King. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it is shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All righty, welcome back to the Take and Read podcast. Pastor Chad here, and I get to do this cool platform with just a very, very dear brother, somebody that I got to labor with in ministry for many years, which was a total just dream gig. Amen. And uh, so Kurt Prater, Brother Kurt's back with us. How you doing, buddy? What's up? I can't believe we were able to meet in this way. <laughs> Praise the Lord for some technology. Amen. It's, I mean, I would much prefer that we were, you know, in the same room. Yeah. And side by uh, side. eventually, I mean, I keep, I keep telling you, we got plans for you this summer. So you pack your bags, get ready to come north because Texas is hot in the summer, but Montana is gorgeous. Oh, so I can only I imagine. To it. Only imagine. And if you do come this way, we're going to record one live and it'll be, it'll be one for the books. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, so yeah, welcome. Uh, this is our first time to do this kind of over over the the interweb here, and uh, it's a pretty neat virtual platform. Uh, and so I'm, like you said, I'm very grateful for the technology that gets to bring us together. But I haven't got to talk to you for probably a couple months. That's right. We've got a lot of life to catch up on. We do, and so we've got to. Unfortunately, we we need to kind of <laughs> hone it in so we get to That's what right. we came to do. Uh, but just give me the best best you can, the, the catch up on just life, ministry, uh, what the Lord's been teaching you in the last couple months. There's been a lot going on in life personally, a lot of activity with our family, with our kiddos, which has been a lot of fun with our kiddos now being older, freshmen, uh, seventh grade, fifth grade, third grade. It's a cool season of life. So having a blast there on the home front uh, in ministry, I've seen the Lord answer some long-term prayers, and he has been bringing some things about that are a huge encouragement and are breathing life into what hmm. I get to experience in the worship ministry. So that's a blessing. And um, That seemed really cryptic. What is? I mean, there's probably names and places you can't mention, but... What like what would oh, be a specific yeah. thing you get you're getting to see? So, for example, with the student worship team, okay. after having several years of investing in them, I'm seeing some leadership rise to the surface. We've had some great opportunities to go and visit other locations where college students are leading in worship, even younger adults are leading in worship, and our team of teenagers are able to see them in 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 leadership and then we're able mm. to dialogue about that so that has been really cool 
to uh, walk with the students and be raising up the next generation of worship leaders. So I praise the Lord for that. And the fruit that we will see over time, I'm, I'm seeing glimpse of it now. Oh, that's cool. So it's encouraging when you get those little little tidbits, you right. get a little that's right. capture of what what's to come. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right on. You mentioned uh, this season with kiddos uh, at various ages and stages of life. Uh, yeah, speak more into that. What are some things that are new given these this new stage? Well, we're spending a lot of time in the bleachers. As parents, we're in the sports scene, and it's fun because my kids get to see a side of dad that only really sports bring out Okay. Uh, level of competition, but I'm a I'm I'm a supporter. I'm in the stands yelling and clapping and just uh, getting into the game. In fact, my wife Carrie looks over at me and like, "Are you okay? You doing all right?" And I, yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I am stoked right now." <laughs> so there, that's been a blast. And even on the spiritual side, especially with my older two girls, just seeing them process. Um, the friend scene, the academic scene, hmm. the church scene. We've had some really good, real, authentic conversations. Um, and as I imagine we'll continue to see with them and with all four of our kiddos, their yeah. faith is becoming their own. And Carrie and I get a front row seat to that. And that's just special as a parent. Right on. So are you the kind of fan in the stands that has like three or four phrases that you know are kind of safe and you lob those? So it, it sounds like, you know, you, you're kind of doing some coaching and encouragement, but other parents are like, whoa, he, he really knows what he's talking about. Because like I've got there, – there's those phrases, you know. I started right. watching a lot of volleyball in the last year. I don't know much about the sport of volleyball, so I'm kind of like looking around trying to pick up some things, and I'm like, all right, ladies, talk out there. Let's talk. And I, I mean, I don't know if, if I'm supposed to say that. Like, what are some of your phrases? Oh, I just learned what side out means. I had to ask okay. another parent. So now I've, I can yell that with confidence, side out, girls, side out. So, hey, get, win the ball back. Otherwise, I have no win idea. Win the ball back. Like volleyball yes. is new to me. So yeah. get me into basketball. I can talk a little bit more. I can you yell a little bit stuff. more. But generally speaking, it's just words of affirmation being yelled at a high decibel level for the team and for the girls. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, we got to experience when we came up here, the kiddos jumped into sports right away, which was huge for friendships. You know, uh, anytime you make a transition to a new group of people, uh, relationships are key. And and so we were really blessed uh, to the timing of the year that we came in. There was a, a summer camp opportunity that the kiddos got to be a part of, and then uh, they jumped into sports practice even before school started for Truett, and and so there was this opportunity to you know establish some friendships and and kind of get going in that direction. So that that was helpful. But yeah, I, like you, we're spending a lot of time in the bleachers, uh, looking to invest <laughs> in maybe one of those bleacher seat pad things that folds out. Because I, I look at those parents, I'm like, they've got it figured out. They what got, am I they doing? They figured it out. Like yeah. Because it's always, as soon as I get there and I sit down, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is really uncomfortable. And I got to start being proactive in that regard. So good call. Good call. Uh, 
anything else in terms of what the Lord is teaching you in your time with the Word? How has that been recently? I'm hanging out in the book of Isaiah, and I'm towards the latter part. So I'm on the home stretch. Okay. And what I'm seeing there is God is actually unfolding some amazing promises for his people. And I feel like the first half, there was a lot of, man, you're, you're missing this mark. You're, you're not doing this. Mm. And we need to correct a lot of that. And that's still going on. But by and large, it's, it's like my people, I am drawing you out and here's what I'm going to do, particularly using words of rest, peace, um, even prosperity in terms of what they actually will have as possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been great actually the last couple of uh, chapters, a, because I actually understand a little bit of what's going on compared to what I right. did on the front end, but also seeing God's um, desire for his people to reflect him and reflect his name. And then also his provision for his people. So it's been It's been a good time in Isaiah. Right on. Yeah, I've been hanging out. Uh, We started a sermon series here, and we're working our way through the book of uh, Romans chapter 8. So we're taking nine weeks on one chapter, which if you're a a frequenter of this podcast, you know that's that's the use. We don't go fast here. Uh, But... It's been uh, it's been a rich time uh, in the Word to explore the assurance of salvation. You know that the very comforting and, and somewhat famous passage, Romans eight one. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then looking, you know how Paul really kind of dives into the reason why this can be the case is because of God's spirit that dwells within us and leads us and guides us and confronts us when we're getting off track and, and kind of convicts us and helps us kind of course correct. But there's still, there is that assurance that we are in Christ, especially when we get those course corrections, that means we're Mm -hmm. him, we're his. So super encouraging. All righty. Well, uh, be sure you give a shout out to your family for me. Uh, oh, let no, them know that I say hi, and yes. I will absolutely do the same. Uncle Kurt says shout out. That's and right. We'll, uh, we'll get that Love done. Love some warns. All righty. Well, we are, we're going to take and read Mark chapter 11. We are beginning to uh, make our way through the second half of the gospel of Mark. Uh, for those who are tuning in uh, and have been with us this whole time, we're we're making a steady pace the 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 point of of what we're doing and the reason why the we go the pace we do is trying to take not a verse by verse but really kind of a, a pericope or a, an idea by idea uh kind of walk through this this gospel this being the the earliest uh gospel that we have uh the the earliest capture of the life and ministry of Jesus and uh, we understand this to be uh, primarily the product of, of Peter's preaching recorded by John Mark, who scribed this and collected this. And so uh, we're, we're taking this. And again, as the intro says, we're two Christian guys that we believe that this is the very word of God. We believe this to be inspired, that it was human authors inspired by the spirit of God to communicate exactly what God wants us to know. 
And so we're, we're diving in, believing that to be the case, that this is unlike any other book. And so if you're tuning in and you don't believe this to be the Word of God, man, kudos to you for tuning in and at least engaging with the Bible because of its profound influence on our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you're, you're listening in as two guys who think this is absolutely 100% true. And what does it look like for us to wrestle with this and then try to live in light of that? And so that's what you're tuning into. Uh, Kurt and I are both. Uh, I'm in the ESV. Are you also in the ESV? Right on. I'm ready to go okay. at ESV. So we're in the English Standard Version. I've been favoring that lately, uh, largely because all my other ones are still in boxes. And so uh, this one is out and available. So <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> a matter of convenience. Uh, okay. Well, before we we got started with this podcast, just so you guys know out there, uh, it's important to engage with God and pray and ask for the Spirit to give wisdom and insight. So that's something that we did off camera here before we got started. And I encourage you in your your walk and in your time in the Word uh, to, before you take and read, to talk to the Lord, ask Him to give insight and uh, clarity because there's a lot here, and we are we are finite beings, and so we need help understanding this stuff. Anyway, here we go. Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let him go. Then And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Okay, so we have a a very interesting scene here. Uh, A lot of Bibles will put like a little caption at the top that this is the triumphal entry. Uh, We have we've noticed that there was that a lot of the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus is doing his ministry, is taking place up in the northern part of Israel. And so he's in that northern region, the Galilee area, and that's kind of his hub of activity. And then kind of at the point where they confess he is the Christ and they acknowledge that about him, they being the disciples, uh, one of I think it's Luke's gospel says that he turns his face towards Jerusalem and he begins to make that journey south. And for him, there are a lot of things you know, about Jerusalem have are pretty weighty, uh, the idea of going there. And, and that's some of the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast. But mm. here we have this interesting scene of 
he is, he's kind of, there's this kind of two parts to it, right? He gives this, hey, go do this. This is what's going to happen. So he kind of shows this, this, I don't know if it would be prophetic, but just kind of this foretelling of this, hey, this cult's going to be there. People are going to ask you this. You're going to say this, and it's all going to work out. So there's, that's one whole thing, like, how, what right. is going on there that right. you can like t- anticipate the future <laughs> like that? And then the second half is it actually happens and he enters in the way that people respond. So I just want to start out by wrestling with, do we understand clearly what's being said here? Are there some assumptions, mm-hmm. some cultural things, some context here? What are some things, Kurt, you look at this and go, okay, we need to make sure we understand this first. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely something around this, the the idea of the entry and that he is anticipating a way in which he needs to enter and whether that's connected to some sort of prophecy um, and the fulfillment of prophecy. I think that there's something to explore there. Yeah. Um, Some people will try to point out that there's an inconsistency here. If you look at other um, gospel accounts of this event, they'll talk about whether it was a donkey or a colt or there were two animals or, you know, a colt and a donkey or something like that. Um, and I think wrestling over those kind of details probably misses the point. Well, I will say, but anyway, he's going to stop walking. Yeah. (laughs) He, he is making a statement and having uh, spent a little time in, um, Isaiah and knowing that Jesus didn't have any stately form that we would look look onto him or be attracted to him. Mm. I can't help but think of the contrast of the picture that we see here. Um, your the, the king is not, not mounted up on a donkey or colt, right? It's, he's not, that's not going to be his noble steed. So this is quite an unusual animal for, mm. as he even said, his, his name, the Lord, um, that's the designation that he is choosing to make sure that that, individual i'm assuming the owner of the the colt or the donkey the colt excuse me um addresses him so that is very um unique in uh the animal that he's gonna re-enter jerusalem so uh, you're you're saying that there's a sense in which if a king is going to enter a city historically and at that time like in the ancient Mm -hmm. world they would have been on a very noble kind of horse or steed, as right. you said, like a a powerful animal right. that kind of indicated, you know, the status yeah. of some sort. And here, the selection is 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 very humble. Oh, for sure. There, that yeah, that's the that's the right word. So it's a it's it's okay. Yeah, there is a sense in which in this scene, if I had to re- replay it like in modern times, it's like when, like on those cop movies and, you know, they they stop somebody who's like driving and they flash their badge and say, I need this. I need this for official police business or something. 
like there's a commandeering of a vehicle that you see <laughs> yeah. in like Hollywood movies that I always think of when I get to this passage. I'm like, he, but Jesus is basically commandeering a cult uh, for <laughs> you know official use, and he'll get it back to him later. Or and something. it's not it's not like there's yeah. a lot that we're given here. I mean, the, there's one sentence response, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, okay, go ahead." I knew that was going to happen. I mean, that's not even yep. like what all's what all's there, but that's the end of the story. That's all Mark gives us. So that that is very unique in and of itself, too. Yeah, and to your point, he doesn't say Jesus has need of it or Jesus of Nazareth has need of it, but the Lord has right. need of it and we'll send it back here mm. immediately. And uh and that's exactly what happens. They they get the cult. Yeah. And so there is this scene of triumphal entry that he he now enters Jerusalem in the fashion of a king. Mm-hmm. And although on a humble creature, mm-hmm. like a, a colt or a mm-hmm. donkey, uh, he comes in and they begin to then basically lay down a a carpet, of a ground covering of cloaks and branches. Yeah, and to and, and to so, your point of that, uh, if you ever have to uh, you that makes me go back to your question yeah, about the culturally what does this represent and i think we have to ask the question of why why the laying down of the branch why the laying down of the cloaks so keep going yeah so you've got this guy ground covering kind of thing um that occurs and branches that are placed down in addition and he's then basically riding this this colt and it's walking over people's garments and branches so that it's not stepping on the ground anymore but there's a a covering a separation mm-hmm. um i have you heard much or read much about that the 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 cultural component there no literally the only thing that i'm drawing from is uh, the visual of of covering the what could be a well the, the the literal soil and the soiled ground and taking something that would typically cover a, a body and saying look you you are worthy to walk on this versus um, this this well traveled ground filled with that that is that is dirty but I I haven't done a ton of reading or research there what about you. Yeah, I haven't either. I think there's there is that that reality, right? That they're they're covering a dirty path so that the so that the animal even remains mm. clean. Because um, we know how you know the significance of just wa- how everyone walked and how dirty their feet would get, which you know draws significance to washing people's feet and how humbling that mm. was, but also how hospitable that was. You would show someone honor by washing their feet um, because their feet would be so dirty. So I don't know if there's something there. I I think I heard one time somebody reference the idea that by putting palm branches under the feet of the animal, it was a way of exalting or elevating 
the person on it to kind of a status of, you know, walking as high as the trees or the treetops. I don't know if I believe that, or I don't know if there's any truth to that, but there was some symbolism in that, that they, that's why they would grab branches. But I also, I haven't done enough research to look at, is that just what they had available to them? And that's what they grabbed because they didn't have cloaks. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And regardless, we see the parallel with their action um, with the laying down of the branch and the garment. And then also what is what is spoken out of their mouth. There is there is that symbolism both in yep. the laying down and also the the proclaiming of the mouth of Hosanna, blessed mm-hmm. you, Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's probably something to, um, you know, the cultural entrance of nobility into a, there would be an announcement of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, as they are entering, there would be a train of, of people accompanying them uh, as they enter uh, so that their arrival is announced. Uh, to others and especially to those in authority. Um, and, and so they, there's, they're proclaiming a couple of things here. Hosanna, mm-hmm. they're, uh, declaring that he is one who comes in the name of the Lord. So he represents the mm-hmm. Lord. At least that's what they're admitting to. And then they, those that are there believe that this is the fulfillment of prophecy. Mm-hmm. That the kingdom of our father David, right, this this promised kingdom that would be ushered in is now arriving. Hosanna in the highest. Like this is a a true time of celebration. And I'm so thankful that this falls, this little passage of scripture falls on the time that I get to spend with you because in in Christian history, I get to celebrate this year after year with our church family when we gather. Uh, in April uh, around Easter. Yeah. And what this this moment signifies in Christian history is a time of s- celebrating the Holy Week. And um, wh- here's my question for you, mm-hmm. Chad, is one of the things that I've looked into, I, I thought that I would be able to see parallels with the Old Testament scripture and, and the name Hosanna and find it elsewhere, but I, I have not seen it elsewhere. Um this seems to be yeah. unique to um, the gospel and uh, the New Testament. But um, can you talk to me a minute about that or what you've learned over time with that that name? Yeah, I wish that I um, I had more insight. I think there's a reference to it in possibly the Psalms. I'm trying to look at a footnote here psalm 118 26 let's just turn over there really quick psalm 118 26 bible drill mm-hmm. here see if we how fast we are you got it yet 118 oh okay 119. i'm at 119 yeah 118 26 so so blessed um, is he who comes in the name of the lord we bless you from the house of the lord Hmm. It, but it doesn't reference Hosanna it, it, here. It, it doesn't. Yeah. But as I've looked at this previously, I, I've literally seen the definition and what is being messaged in the name Hosanna literally is what you just said, what we see in Psalm 118 and also what we see here in Mark 
11, 9. Hosanna is blessed mm. is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay. So that is a, that, that statement, Hosanna, it literally is captured in the phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a declaration of, of what that means. That's what I've seen over time. Okay. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, it's, I mean, one of the challenges we have, Kurt, is we have so much Western and American influence in the way that we see things and the lens that we use. And so doing a lot of kind of digging into this kind of Eastern context is so crucial. Yeah. And there's some semblances of it. You know, we can look at Eastern culture today, uh, certainly in the realm of like honor and shame. Uh, those kind of things definitely help us understand some of the context. But yeah, some of this stuff is is a different time period. Mm -hmm. So this idea of triumphal entries and when Kings would come in and what would be announced of them, like we see that depicted in movies sometimes, but that's just not something that is part of our experience. So I think one thing that, that, you know, I'm struck by is just the need to really do some digging and explore some of the historical practices to, to really truly understand. And I'm sure people will leave some comments of things that they've learned along the way. And so I definitely encourage you to comment if you have some thoughts or insight on Hosanna, uh, that would be super helpful. Mm. Um, and I'm, I, it will definitely be doing some of my own research. And so it may come up in another podcast here, uh, after this one, now that I've, I'll have a chance to go explore. Great. Um, anything else in this section that we go, okay, this needs some explaining. Mm. I mean, can we, we can kind of, can we recreate the scene? Can we describe what we, we see happening? Oh, you bet. Yeah. Are you want to do that just out loud? Are we talking through? Yeah, just, yeah. Let's just, just really quickly. Let's summarize what's happening here. So, yes, uh, Jesus grabs two of his boys, sends them as a representative gives them a yeah. very specific instruction and phrase with which to retrieve a cult. It happens just as Jesus says, and then they immediately come bring the cult, and then this scene happens where a crowd is gathering and acknowledging Jesus, the Lord, entering on the cult. And their response is twofold of laying down of the branch, laying down of the cloak, and then also outwardly declaring with their mouth, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he coming, is the coming kingdom of our father, David. And then immediately mm-hmm. he goes into the temple. Yeah. You've got this huge, I mean, it looks really, po- it looks just great. It's like, okay. This is gonna go, this is gonna turn out well. Mm. We know that all the the while he knows how this is actually supposed to play out and how it's gonna play out, but still there's this moment of people getting really excited, uh, getting really fired up that this he's here the Messiah has come and has entered and is going to conquer. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of reference to the kingdom of our father, David. There's, there's an understanding throughout kind of the, the Jewish world at that time and what that meant that one would come from the line of David, the Messiah, the anointed one, and he would restore the kingdom to Israel. Mm -hmm. There would be this reestablishment of God's people as prominent and primary. And so there were a lot of expectations around military and political uh, success because of the arrival of this kingdom of David. Uh, so it, it definitely, as you explore the Old Testament, you read about, you know, in its heyday, what the kingdom of David, and then after that, the kingdom of Solomon, which would have been his first kind of descendant to take over that kingdom. Back in the golden age, that was a pretty sweet time. There was there was no one that compared to uh, the kingdom of God in that sense under the rule and reign of David and Solomon. And so there's that hope mm -hmm. that maybe this is it. And then there's this really interesting kind of last scene in verse 11. And so there's this all this kind of noise being made and, and everyone's just really celebrating Hosanna in the highest and they're shouting and it's just loud and ruckus. And it says, and he entered Jerusalem, went into the temple, looked around. So he's just kind of like surveying <laughs> the scene as it was already late. So you would imagine it's probably dark and quiet and there's not a lot of activity. And then he kind of ducks out and they head to Bethany with the 12 to uh, kind of set up for the night. Almost like he's like, Yep, just kind of checking it out because I'll be back. I'll be back here in a minute. But I just want to kind of give it a look over really quick. Almost like the he's kind of checking it out before everything goes oh, down. yes. Um, anyway, I just find that to be an interesting scene. I feel like there's got to be like some James yeah. Bond music going on in the background because he's, he's, he's getting a lay of the land. He's <laughs> like, I'm about to do work here. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed I've never really uh, recognized how my mind, like my imagination is tends towards Hollywood's kind of scenery, like this, you know, commandeering of a vehicle and then kind of this James Bond, you know, mm -hmm. looking in the quiet evening hour at this place that's now about to be visited later in the next day or two. And it's going to go down. It's interesting. Well, <laughs> um, this is kind ahead. of a tangent, but I, it makes me think, wasn't it Nehemiah who went in more at night and was observing the, the broken wall kind of going around the city, but he was doing this kind of covertly before he came in and said, well, oh, here's the plan. Here's what we're about to do. Is that, am I thinking correctly? Right. Yeah, it it would have been Nehemiah who went back to kind of address the the wall situation that the wall um, had been in disarray. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that went down with Nehemiah. Um, you know, swords in one hand, trowels and shovels in the other, like they were fighting while they were building. Uh, it was that's crazy stuff. Anyway, as you think about this. And you're somebody who is there, whether you're one of the disciples or somebody who's present in the crowd. What is the significance of, of this moment 
it's it's making a definitive statement and i think my mind best summarizes it with what they said blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord so there's a authoring happening in a statement happening about who this man is on the cult and blessed is the coming kingdom so there's there's a powerful activity going on right here in his entry back into jerusalem in this way that um even those within earshot seen they had to have seen what's going on over there Uh, and they were making a statement Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'm if I am the disciples. I don't know what I would feel or think at this time because he has made it a point three times over to tell me that the Son of Man is going to go in and suffer and be punished or or be tortured by the religious authorities. And so I don't know if part of me is like, ah, guys, keep it down. Or if at this point you're you're just kind of like, well, maybe maybe Jesus misunderstood this. Maybe this could go really well. It seems like an interesting kind of, in terms of momentum, like we understand as he gets closer and closer, there's this kind of increase in popularity. Um you know, more and more people now are aware of the miracles and the things that he's done. And so maybe there's this kind of crescendo before he, you know, before the end. But I, yeah, I would have, I don't know if I'd be like optimistic and excited, like, okay, we didn't expect this, but now he's clearly, he's popular and, and people recognize what we recognize. But it was, yeah, there's this moment where they are, they are declaring truth. Mm. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Like, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They believe Jesus is the one sent from God the Father, and they're they're proclaiming it loudly. And it makes you wonder where these people are in, like, a week. Right. <laughs> like, where, right. Where were all these people, like, five That's days right. from now when he's, like, completely being thrown under the bus? Mm-hmm. But, um, as you wrestle with this meaning and, and kind of understanding what it says and what its meaning is for those present at the time, mm-hmm. how do you wrestle with its significance to you today? Yeah. How does Kurt Prater today, in light of this word, uh, live? Uh, in in faithfulness and obedience to him. A couple of passages of scripture coming to mind um, n- just outside of Mark. In 2 Corinthians 5, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And then going back to Isaiah 53, the suffering servant um, who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed He grew up like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. I mean, Mm -hmm. that Isaiah 53 goes on to describe ultimately what Jesus accomplished, the Lord accomplished in giving his life for um, our sin. 
Um, and this is my king. Like, this is what he did. He came mm. to earth in this form, in this fashion. Um, not that we would be attracted to his majesty and his, um, his beauty and his authority on some type of beautiful stallion. No, he's on a cult, but this is my king. And um, so that's, mm-hmm. those are some things kind of coming to mind as a result of uh, what we see here in Mark 11. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's helpful. Um, the The emphasis on his kingship. He is our Lord. He is our king. And uh, also the reality of his humility, uh, the humble nature with which he enters. Um, but he still enters. And he still arrives. Mm-hmm. And he was very intentional on the way that he would, would do this. And there's, um, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, an approachability about that, um, that, that he would choose to enter. Uh, I think of Philippians chapter two, where, um, Paul, Paul is talking about the way in which Christ humbled himself, that we are to have this same mind among ourselves, which is the mind of Christ, who, although, um, you know, could claim equality with God, did not, but for a season, um, humbled himself and, and took the form of a, of a mm. human, uh, entered this muck and mire of a world that was just dripping with sin. And yeah, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness mm. of God. So uh, just, a, just a sweet and profound reminder today from this this word and uh yeah uh an encouragement to live in light of that live in light of the fact that he is really the king amen and it doesn't always seem like that um yeah it seems like sometimes it seems like the other team's winning Mm -hmm. uh when you think about the world we live in and its brokenness and our own challenges and fights with sin uh, sometimes it, it, we don't feel victorious, uh, but the reality is, and what this passage reminds us of, is that, yeah, even though it doesn't always seem like he is the king, he is the king, mm-hmm. and he has won. Um, I want to encourage anybody who is tuning to this podcast, and if this is your first time, welcome. So excited to have you. Uh, but this is, you know, this is the, the gospel that, that God became flesh and he dwelt among us. Uh, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in our sin, we didn't get cleaned up. We didn't get um, righteous so that we could then deserve it. But in the midst of our sin and our brokenness, he died for us. And that he has secured for us then and, and redeemed us so that we can now have a relationship with the God of the universe. And he has made a way through his own body and blood for that to happen. And so we believe that. Kurt and I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, it, is, it defines our life. And, and so every day we need this reminder. We need to be back in his word and to hear from him because the world speaks very loud. 
Our flesh can sometimes speak very loud, and so we need the voice of God through his word, like today, to speak to us and remind us. And today it tells us he is the triumphal king. And he has come in a way that he has humbled himself so that even we could know him and we could approach him. And so I encourage you, if, if you have not, if you've not even considered engaging with the Lord that way, that today would be the day that you, you don't hold back and then you talk to the Lord and you ask him to give clarity that you, you get to that point where you go, I believe, I believe he's the king. And although I, I, I can't see him now, I believe wholeheartedly in what he has done for me on the cross. I give him my life and I know that I will see him someday. And the same way that he entered, he will return. There will be a triumphal re-entry of our king. Christ will return. And we can be confident of that and we can live in light of that mm. truth. So if, if anything in this podcast is stirred up questions or um, you know comments, you can leave those comments. Be sure to subscribe, to like, uh, to do all the things you're supposed to do for podcasts. Um, but please, uh, the more you engage, the more other people uh, hear about this and have an opportunity to engage in God's Word. Uh, if you have questions for me, take and read podcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer questions. Uh, try to get to all of them. If you have a question for Kurt, you can also email me. I'll make sure he gets that. But so glad uh, to have you today, Kurt. I'm so glad you so joined us. To be here. And it's so good to Great see you. Great to see you, my brother. Well, yep. Say hi to all your folks for me, and uh, we'll we'll talk again. And look forward to having you back on the podcast uh, soon. Everyone out there, go take and read the Word of God.